Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 35. In this episode, we are covering chapters 1 and 2 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savayenyi casters. Hello. We are back. We are. Did you miss us? I hope so. I missed, you know you did. Yes. And I missed you all. So and I missed you. Absolutely, honey. <laughs> yeah, this is our first time seeing each other in like two weeks. So I know. it's nice. <laughs> like, I know last Thursday I was like, um, I kind I know. of weird. It was odd. So let's thank some listener cities. Ooh. Uh, First up, we have Quantan Malaysia. Ooh. Ooh. And next, we got Collardy, Australia. And Oak Harbor, Washington. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. We love you. We do. And I am really running on some low steams right now. <laughs> it has been a long day. Yes, it's been a day for you. But, oh, but it's all good, girl. I mean, I did work. I did some therapy. Then I did some more therapy, <laughs> and now I'm here running on those fumes. <laughs> I know. And it's more therapy in it's, a different way? Absolutely. Well, at least this is, like, relaxing, yes. and I can just talk. Exactly. About, like, what I want, and I don't feel like someone's, like, sitting there, like, analyzing <laughs> what I'm saying. Yes. Um, and if you are out there, then, you know, go for it. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Um, That's why I, th- I have a hard time with therapy, um, the last time I tried it, they were writing and they would ask me a question mm. and I would answer them and then I'd be like, but wait, was that like a trick question? <laughs> so like, did you really want me to say this? And then they start writing stuff again and I'm like, what is going on? Oh <laughs> what do God. you want me to say? You're not answering. <laughs> That's and a- then I just let myself out. Well, there you go, girl. <laughs> I love my therapist. She is amazing. I am. Um- I found her a couple years ago and she is just so cool. She really is. Like I, if she wasn't my therapist, I would definitely hang out with her. Good. I probably would love to hang out with her, but I don't think she can, obviously. Well, no, that's. But she's really cool. (laughs) That's a bit of a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. I think I have like control issues. Like even my son's therapist. Yeah. He's he's like, you you got some control issues there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a good thing in the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but yeah, he recognizes that uh, that it'd probably be a little difficult for me to <laughs> take some advice from a healthcare professional. <laughs> well, girl, because <laughs> I do what I want. You do what you I want do. all the time. All the time. Which is the way it needs to be. Yes. So, I think I've touched on this before, but I got to talk about it just because you know y'all my peeps, and so. And I know Terry's not going to know a lot about this because she's not like a big Harry Potter fan like I am. But this whole J.K. Rowling thing with like her putting out the essay now that she wrote explaining her views about trans is just obnoxious. And I just want to say I am heartbroken for the like the Harry Potter fandom. And I just um, it is a really rough time right now because something that I hold so dear to my heart, all of a sudden, like, I was just hope. I read the essay, and it's on her website, and I was hoping that if I read it, maybe I'd see something in there that, like, gave me some kind of hope, but nope. Mm -mm. Mm. And I'm saying this because I know a lot of people out there understand this and agree she is not a good person. (laughs) Um, And I, 
I'm sorry, but her views are very, very wrong. Like, I mean, these she didn't for a writer to even write an essay and then not cite any of the facts at the bottom either. Like, I mean, she just spewed stuff that like is so wrong and it's just horrible to hear, especially like I feel so horrible for my trans brothers and sisters out there that have to endure everything they already go through. And especially like, I know there's trans that are Harry Potter fans. And then to have someone that you look up to and a story that like, I think helped so many of us be able to accept who we are and understand that we can survive this world for being different. And all that just kind of crumbles when you just have this come out and, I just had to say it and I just um because I know there's people out there that feel the same and right now it is really hard for me I'm just gonna say that because it's I don't know what to do because I mean yes uh the mature thing would be to separate the artist from the art but at the same time I'm such a huge trans ally like I I don't know I have this Harry Potter bracelet I like I I don't want someone to see that and then be like, right. I and, see what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah. then being like, Oh, like that's anti-trans. Like, and I could see how it, like, I mean, it could turn into that. It's just, it's so devastating, but you know what? We've got the Grisha verse and, and you know what is amazing is Lee Bardugo is so much for the same thing. Like everything that I believe in, she is such a huge advocate for trans rights too. And we'll get, into that later but at least we've got lee bardugo yes at least i have lee bardugo (laughs) just uh yeah so anyways if any of you guys are out there and haven't read the essay um you can go to her site if get ready it just it it's heartbreaking it really is to um to read it because it's just such a skewed way of thinking and just doesn't make sense at all um yeah it doesn't make sense in a like i don't know with what she wrote about things being possible and yeah a magical world and i don't know where you have to believe and then yeah i don't know no it I, doesn't fit very well for, i mean i don't i'm obviously not in right. the fandom and i don't know her very well but it does it it doesn't match up with what she wrote i don't think not at all it doesn't I mean, we, I think a lot of people found, like, calm, like, they just became calm and found some commonality also, like, within the story, comparing it to the, ourselves. Like, I mean, that's what we do when we read, you know, we, we find a place of peace and serenity, and we think about, like, how incredible life could be in these, like, imaginary worlds, and it's just, it, it gives you so much hope, and especially with the whole Harry Potter story, which is a beautiful piece of work. It is incredible, but it just doesn't match up. So, anyways, I'm glad that I do have the Grishaverse. That is, a like, absolutely an amazing world to dive into. And, and we've talked about how we're a little queer <laughs> podcast, yeah. so um, we support you. Absolutely. And we're your parents if you need them. 100%. It When we talked about it last time, it actually um, made it so that I could wear my little bracelet. Yay. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and wear it on the. Absolutely. While recording. So. Yeah. 
So yeah, we're here for you. We are. And I um I wanted to bring that up also because it was just the end of Pride Month and we know that this Pride season was nothing like normal. So No, I don't feel like I celebrated enough. Like I don't I just don't feel like there was like a lot of voice to it. No, there wasn't anything to do. Yeah. I mean, there was nowhere to go. I mean, it was just hard. But, hey, we are here, and you know what? Next year will be amazing. Because I think this whole year <laughs> is completely goners, to be honest. I really don't see how things, at least here, are getting worse. Yes. And don't mean to say it. Well, I do mean to say this. I told you so, <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> Um, to all those people out there that look at me weird when I wear a mask inside Aldi or wherever I am. You have to now. Did they finally, did they really, Tennessee mandated it? Uh, the, well, Davidson County did. Okay. So you have to, but then even a lot of the stores in Wilson County, they would, they have security outside the door stopping people from coming in. So good because it's just, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm horrified right now. I'm at work and I work for the court here in Wilson County. And I'm just letting y'all know, like it was when we had this first part of Corona, none of us really knew people. I knew one person that got it. Now, since we've got this, like this other, like evolution of it, like it just starting (laughs) to get worse. Now we all know people. I know specifically like where I work, we are finding out about all these different offices that come into our office all the time that are shutting down because they have corona and have everybody has to be tested. Wow. I feel like it is surrounding my office. Oh, no. Like I'm just uh I wish that we could just shut everything down for 2 weeks and then everybody like literally everybody just shut in for 2 weeks some I don't know give you 2 days to go get your food and everything then stay inside for 2 weeks and then we'll all be good. Yeah. But that won't happen. happen. No. No. No, it's not going to happen. But anyways. um, Okay, well, let's get on into the Grishaverse. <laughs> Change. Yeah, because it's kind of exciting. We're starting Crooked Kingdom. I uh, know. A whole new book. I know. <laughs> so we are only covering two chapters, but they were packed with stuff. Especially the second one. Yeah. It was long. It was. But you know what? When you really like it. I summarized it well. We we don't have to talk about all. Like, I mean, it really just, not all of that needed to be recapped. So, well, let's move on into chapter one, girl. All right. Chapter one, we are with Radvinko. Such like a Russian sounding name. Did you remember him by chance? Actually, I didn't. I was like trying to rack my brain and I probably Where? should have gone back. So I didn't realize it until this time either, until um, this this is my second time rereading right. it. But this is um, the Grisha from the very first chapter okay. who is the summoner that blows that guy out of the light. Yeah. I thought about that, too, because of what he talks about in his history. I was yeah. like, I think it might be him. but Yeah. So okay. I, I thought that was kind of cool that she uses... Because he's ne- he's not in any other parts of the book. He's just in the first <laughs> chapters of this, like the first chapters of these two books. Well, we're about to see why. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> so Redvingo is uh, hanging out in a super gross bar. Yeah. Drinking super gross whiskey. Yeah. Wondering why Ketterdam smells so dang bad. <laughs> yeah. It was like talking about how it was like a, a soup 
and like there were very descriptive words that were kind of oh yeah i know (laughs) it was fun though um so we find out that like we were saying he was a ravkin indenture to hode Mm -hmm. but when hode died in the last book right the kirch merchant council let him take sea voyages to help pay off his indenture because he is a squalor and he is hired to control the air currents and guide the ship safely and yeah. calmly. He's kind of nervous for the bartender to know he's Grisha because apparently there's rumors on the street that Grisha are just missing. They're just disappearing. Yeah, they're getting kidnapped and stuff. He didn't know it at that point. Oh, oops. <laughs> sorry. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Uh, Rentvingo only has two more voyages to go before mm. he can pay off his indenture. So he's just like, just hold on, just hold on, just two more. We can do this. He talks of going back to Ravka where the young king is handing out pardons. We know who that is. Mm. He thought about the war when he fought against and killed his own kind. Uh, but he's ready to be a soldier again because he believes in King Nikolai. No. Oh, Nikolai. Nikolai. <laughs> He makes it to Fourth Harbor, registers for the little ship he's supposed to be on, and looks up to the Council of Tides, who apparently is a group of Grisha that has to yeah. give ship signals. Um, apparently, they're not very helpful, as he doesn't feel very great about them. <laughs> I think he just—I think he wanted to flip them off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes to find some coffee and starts thinking about how he'll feel so much better when he's in Ravka. And feel more like himself, Emil mm. Rentvanko. 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 It's <laughs> so Russian. It's very he good. pours a mug of gross sludgy <laughs> coffee <laughs> and hears something suspicious. The other guy in the room is like distracting him and like won't shut up. So he like throws him against the wall. But the guy still just like keeps talking. <laughs> <laughs> and they and it stops. So they just assume it's nothing. But then suddenly <laughs> the door blows up. And there's like this shoe woman just like walking in and they all think that she wants the payroll because apparently in Ketterdam, it's all about that coin. Right. So they all point out, they'll pull out guns and like start shooting because ain't nobody going to get to the payroll. Nope. (laughs) So the woman (laughs) is shot with a shotgun in the chest. So they relax a little bit and they're like, woo, see, I told you ain't nobody going to get to the payroll. But then Red Red Vinka looks on in horror as this woman just like stands up with this bloody hole in her chest, walking <laughs> her dead, shirt Grisha. like blown to pieces, he yells at her like, "Take the payroll, <laughs> take whatever you want," and it's clear that she wants him. Mm. She's making a beeline to him. Interesting. <laughs> so he obviously fights back with his squalor powers. And she is struggling to stay up. So he's like really happy with himself. Like, <laughs> I told him I was going to get you. Um, but then he hears a crack and he kind of looks around and like the whole wall is gone of this room and he can see like the sky and he's just kind of like that, that sky. And then instead of like strong arms, just like grab him around so that his arms are to side so he can't use his powers anymore. And he realizes that he's floating upwards. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> He's flying higher and higher over the harbor and he tries to like look up at his captor and is suddenly just like absolutely horrified because not only is the man like a flying shoe, but he actually has wings. Weird. I haven't had that happen yet in the Grishaverse. 
So that, yeah, this is the first time that, like, because we've seen flyers. Flyers, but not. But this guy has wings. Like, he's drinking Red Bull, Mm -hmm. maybe the new watermelon Red Bull. Yeah. And it definitely gave, it sprouted some wings for him. It did. It gave him some wings. And that is the last we hear of Renvinko. He's just, as he's just screaming in the sky. (laughs) The end of chapter one. Yeah, so that kind of like <laughs> leaves an interesting taste on your tongue. It does. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? So, and that's it. Like, it's just this random, like, I guess it's kind of like at the beginning of like a movie where yeah. you see like a a murder and then it goes into the story. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of, well, like if we think about the beginning of Six of Crows, it kind of like gave us an idea of what like was kind of going on. And yeah. then we like read the story of like our main characters learning about what's going on. You have to kind of get the feel. Yeah. So we're definitely like, there's something new. There's some kind of like, now, like this whole wing thing is. Uh, yeah. New. So, yeah. So we'll hope we see more of that. Bring on the wings. Because we, I mean, Nikolai had <laughs> wings, but yes. he's not Grisha. Right. He got turned into the. Oh. He got turned into something crazy. And it wasn't Nikolai Voya. (laughs) Yes, Nikolai Voya. And this is like his, like, I don't know, his brother. So, I mean, it's kind of obvious that, like, the shoe woman that came in was probably on Perim. Right, obviously. But, like, what's up with this other guy? Like, he could be on Perim, but, like, Perim wasn't giving other people wings. Right. It wasn't like Red Bull Perim. This is totally new. It is. So. Parm is really working if that's what it is, or right. who? I mean, maybe it's a new formula. Could be. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Oh, I do. Just don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. So let's move on into chapter two, where we actually have a chapter where we're in Wyland's head. Woo-hoo. The guy that reads for Wyland in the book, yeah. reads it so well. Does he? He reads it like um, Sheldon. Oh, I haven't. I haven't listened to that in a long so time, like, so I can't remember. It it matches up in my brain. Oh, that's that awesome. That he's, you know, that kind of Asperger-y. Like, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really cute. That's really cool. So we start off, and um, I'm going to start off with a quote. It had been just under a week since they'd reached Ketterdam, almost a month since they'd left Jerome. Wylan had been wearing Kuwe's features for most of that time, but whenever he caught a glimpse of his reflection in a mirror or a shop window, it took a long moment to realize he wasn't looking at a stranger. End quote. So that just kind of gives us a little bit of idea of the time that where we are right now compared to the last book. And also reminds us that Wyland don't look like Wyland no more. No. If you remember, yeah, he actually looks like Kuwe. I had that moment too when you forget. I read that I was like, "Oh, yeah. That's right. He's he, Kuwe. <laughs> he he looks he don't look like himself." So, we kind of get plopped into the middle of this operation that our wonderful crows are doing. Okay? So, and it's in this gambling parlor and Wyland is playing the waiter and then they are they're trying to get a gentleman named Cornelius Smeet to play cards past midnight. So Jesper's playing cards with Cornelius and Nina's like on his lap playing his lady for the evening and Kaz of course is the dealer. Well duh. Duh, I know. Which <laughs> what is kinda, else? What do you do? Which is really cool. So our crows are just all around just all playing different people that 
Cornelius obviously has no clue, all know each other. Um, during the game, Smeet mentions how one of his clerks never came back to work, and it's made it a lot harder for him this week. Aw, poor thing. Um, Wylan accidentally spills a drink on Smeet, and Smeet, like, kind of blows up and has this, like, really negative reaction and kind of, like, it. Re- and it reminds Wylan that he looks like Kuwe because the Smeet uses some derogatory language towards, like, a shoe person. So, um... It's just got to be so weird just forgetting. Yeah. Like, I'd completely forget that I didn't look like myself. Exactly. That would that would be weird to just be walking around and yeah. then people like saying things to you in a derogatory fashion. Yeah. And you're like, they're not talking like, to what? me. <laughs> yeah. So Wylan goes to get some more champagne and oysters for Smeet and Nina. Ne- yeah, I know. And so Nina is really playing up this role, by the way. She's doing a great job. Um but let's remember poor Nina where she was before then. So um, real quickly, I've got a quote. By the time he returned to the parlor with Nina's order, Kaz was standing up from the table. He made a gesture as if he was dusting off his hands, the sign that a dealer had finished his shift. Specked? Is that right? I haven't... I, li- that's what, yeah. They said on... Okay. Yeah. Specked sat down a blue silk carafe tied to his throat to hide his tattoos. He shook out his cuffs and called for players to ante up or cash out. Kaz's eyes met Wyland's as he vanished into the pantry. This was the moment. According to Kaz and Jesper, a player often thought his luck was bound to the dealer and would stop play at the shift change. End quote. So, um, real quickly, Nina, if we just have to remember where she, like, we left her off, she had done all that crazy stuff to help them get out of like get out of the ice court and unfortunately took Jerda Parham yeah. and I'm sure she's coming off it yeah had to go through I'm sure some horrible withdrawals um because we got she was sick to her stomach yeah I'm, I'm sure the smell of oysters is disgusting <laughs> when when they talk about her chucking like down that oyster and turning yeah. green I was like okay yep. let's move on now please <laughs> lord Ugh. So Smeet is, like they kind of assume, is getting ready to ante up and leave because, obviously, his dealer's leaving. So, um, remember, their whole job is to try it, is to keep him there. We don't know why yet, though. Um, so Jesper pulls out his revolvers and puts them on the table. And earlier, Smeet actually had commented about how mm-hmm. beautiful and cool they looked. So that- He knew exactly what they were, too. He did. Yeah. He, um, that definitely got Smeet's attention. So, Specht is the person that's taken over for Kaz, and he asks, Who's ready? Let's get back to playing. <laughs> and Smeet sits back down and starts playing again. So, at this point, Kaz and Wyland leave. They go and meet up with Matthias, who has been watching Smeet's house. Matthias informs them that everybody has gone to sleep in the household, and Kaz and Wyland go and break into Smeet's house. When they get through the front door, the dogs come rushing to them, and before they realize that it's not Smeet or their master, Kaz pulls out this whistle and blows it. The whistle makes no sound, I think, to, like, human ears. Yeah, it's like a dog whistle. Yeah, and we find out that Nina had actually taken that whistle off of Smeet's neck while he was playing cards. So here's a quote. 
Kaz had arranged for the private parlor in the Cumulus. Nina had caressed the whistle from beneath Smeet's shirt, and piece by piece the plan had come together. Wyland did not want to think about what they'd done to obtain the whistle commands. He shivered when he remembered what Smeet had said. One of my clerks never came back from his holiday. He never would. Wyland could still hear the clerk screaming as Kaz dangled him by the ankles from the top of the Hanrat Point lighthouse. I'm a good man, he'd shout. He'd shouted, I'm a good man. They were the last words he'd spoken. If he'd talked less, he might have lived. End quote. So, kind of find out. I mean, a little <laughs> bit more. They killed him. <laughs> yep, they killed him to obviously get the commands the way, like, I mean, the way you need to blow that whistle. Yeah. So, obviously, he blows this whistle, and the dogs line up and stop. Um, it just, they're trained. Really well trained, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they seem like big, huge dogs, too. So Very scary just, dogs, yes. Yep. So, obviously, now they are able to go do what they're going to do. So, they go through the house, and they try to find his office and find it. So now we get to the meat of why they have done this job and what's going on. Okay, so here's the quote. Smeet represents half the merchant council, including Wyland's father. Smeet had served as John Van Eck's attorney and property manager for as long as Wyland could remember. They spent the better part of the next hour digging through Smeet's files. They knew all about Van Eck's public properties, the factories, hotels, and manufacturing plants, the shipyard, the country house, and farmland in Southern Kerch. But Kaz believed Wyland's father had to have private holdings, places he'd kept off the public registers, places he'd stash something or someone. He didn't, he didn't want found. End quote. By the way, um, sorry for spitting on the table. <laughs> I was just really reading, and I just got like this. Probably no one noticed. I know, but it was just like, <laughs> bing. But I know you noticed. I did. Because, I mean, it went like right over, like, you're like, it had to like kind of look like a sunset, you know, going over the top of your computer screen. It did. It was like a rainbow. It was It was a shooting spit star. It was. <laughs> Make a wish, Terry. <laughs> I hope it comes true. Oh, it will. So there we go. We've got the meat of why they're there. Obviously, like, I mean, as we just read, you know, Smeet is, he works for John Van Eck, and they are trying to obviously find a Nege. Um, They're trying to find someone, and they think that he has hidden them somewhere in one of his, sounds like thousands of properties, I'm guessing, John Van Eck owns. So... They're looking through and discover, um, they're looking through all these files, and they discover that, and this is sad, they discover that a printing press is under Wyland's name, which is just another cruel joke jab at, unfortunately, Wyland's illiteracy, which is just this random... Who would do that? Because he's just this horrible person. He's insane. Yeah, so Kaz find then, like, they keep looking, and Kaz finds something. He doesn't really say anything. It's just like all of a sudden he's looking and he's scrolling down and he finds something and pretty much tells Wyland, let's go. <laughs> let's get out of here. Peace. So we also learned that Wyland wasn't allowed at his mother's funeral, so he has no clue where she was buried. While looking through those files, though, Kaz found that his father had made had been making donations to a church called Church of St. Hildy for the past eight years. So Kaz suggests to Wyland that 
most likely is probably his mother is buried there in case he wants to go. Yeah. Okay. So back to leaving. They have been. Um, so when they are about to walk out of the office, they see none other than a little girl. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Not gonna, somebody. She's going to tell. Yep. Just a little girl playing with one of the dogs. <laughs> and that is where we have our first, our only scene. And I will be playing that little girl named Hannah. I hope you all enjoy. I've really worked on this voice. It's like your dream role. To it's play my dream. Little girl. Oh my god, my dream role. So, um, and Terry will be playing Kaz. So, and we're also going to be playing the wonderful music by Ollie Dodd in the background, Summoner's Way. So, you ready, girl? I'm ready. Okay. So, curtain up. Through the crack in the door, he saw Kaz squat down so he could look the little girl in the eye. What's this big fellow's name? Kaz said, laying a hand on the dog's wrinkled neck. This is Maestro Spots. Is that so? He has a very fine howl. Doll lets me name all the puppies. Is Maestro Spots your favorite? asked Kaz. She appeared to think, then shook her head. I like Duke Adam von Silverhaunch best. Then fuzzy muzzle, then maestro spots. That's good to know, Hannah. Her mouth opened into a little O. How do you know my name? I know all children's names. You do? Oh, yes. Albert, who lives next door, and Gertrude on Omberstraat. I live under their beds and in the backs of their closets. I knew it. The girl breathed, fear and triumph in her voice. Mama said there was nothing there, but I knew it. She cocked her head to one side. You don't look like a monster. I'll tell you a secret, Hannah. The really bad monsters never look like monsters. Now the girl, now the little girl's lip trembled. Did you come to eat me? Daw says monsters eat children who don't go to bed when they're told. They do, but I won't. Not tonight. If you do two things for me. His voice was calm, almost hypnotic. It had the coarse rasp of an over-rosined bow. First, you must crawl into bed. And second, you must never tell anyone you've seen us, especially your da. He leaned forward and gave Hannah's braid a playful tug. Because if you do, I'll slit your mother's throat and then your father's, and then I'll cut out the hearts of all these sweet, slobbering hounds. I shall give Duke Silverhaunch for last so that you will know it's all your fault. The little girl's face was as white as the lace on the neck of her nightgown, her eyes wide and bright as new moons. Do you understand? She nodded frantically, chin wobbling. Now, now, no tears. Monsters see tears and it only whets their appetites. Off to bed with you and take that useless maestro spots along too. She skittered backward over the landing and up the stairs. When she was halfway up, she cast a terrified glance back at Kaz. He raised one gloved finger to his lips. End scene. <laughs> so. That was a great voice. Wasn't it? It was. I know you're having problems trying to keep that together. I'm sorry. <laughs> Threw that in there. I just uh, thank you. Um, I would like to thank um, my family. 
such a good performance. <laughs> it was. What's really funny is I was actually like, I've I've been thinking about it. I was like, how am I going to do that voice? And I was playing around with it earlier today. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to be as ridiculous as possible because I'm never going to have this opportunity. Why again. not? Exactly. Okay. So continuing on with our story, um, there's really not that much left. As they now leave, Wylan is a little concerned about how Kaz just spoke to a child. Right. <laughs> and um, Kaz reminds him that they all were children once and it was either that or killer. <laughs> Which one's better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, Kaz blows the whistle again um, and lets those dogs go back to guarding the house. They leave the premises and scurry on down the road. And here is the very last part of the chapter I'm going to read as a quote. Stop looking around like you think someone's following you, Kaz said, and stop scurrying. You couldn't look guiltier if you were performing the role of thief number three in a penny play on East Stave. Next time, walk normally. Try to look like you belong. There isn't going to be a next time. Of course not. Keep your collar up. Wyland didn't argue. Until Inej was safe, until they'd gotten the money they'd been promised, he couldn't make any grand ultimatums. But there would be an end to this. There had to be, didn't there? Matthias gave a high bird call from the other end of the street. Kaz glanced at his watch and ran a hand through his hair, ruffling it wildly. Right on time. They rounded the corner and slammed directly into Cornelius Smeet. Uh-oh. End quote in scene and bump. <laughs> so that was, yeah. So. It was a lot in those two chapters. It you, is. You did a good job of narrowing that second chapter yeah, down because it was a lot. I know. Yeah. So I was just like. That was one of those, oh, we're still going? Yeah. This is still the same chapter. I didn't miss this. All right. <laughs> yep. It's still the same chapter. So, um, yeah. Interesting way to end, too. I mean, so now, like, I guess they planned for, to run to Cornelius meet, is what it seems like to me. Because he said right on, because he said right on time. So yeah, I don't. I, I think it was planned this whole time. I wonder if maybe he's, maybe he's trying to plant the whistle back. So like, cause maybe because we, in this chapter, it said how like a really good thief makes sure that no one notices anything's awry yeah. at all. So may I don't know. That's just a guess. I have no clue because I can't remember, but that would be kind of, that w- seems like something Kaz might do. Yeah. You know, put everything back into place. Yeah. Cause everything in the house was, they made an effort of saying that. Yeah. And like, so that's the kind of the last thing. Except for a tortured little girl. <laughs> well, right. I mean, she'll go to therapy. She'll get through it. I mean, <laughs> I'm, she? like, I mean. It might take her, I mean, until she gets through her 20s. But I mean, you know. <laughs> She'll have to go through her phases and work through it. Exactly. I mean, it's a trauma. So, I it mean, is. you just you work through that trauma as long as she's open. I mean, you know, it sounds like Cornelia Smith's got a lot of money. So, I mean, he can afford that good therapist. It's true. Yeah. I mean, just got to find the right one. It's true. Maybe there's a good, you know, there's got to be a good one somewhere in Catterdam. Yeah. Maybe some dog therapy. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get her like a companion dog. Oh. Yeah. Maestro Spats. <laughs> He's useless, remember? He is. <laughs> okay. All right. It's that time. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that was really scary. I know. I told you, I'm exhausted. So this is what you get. Okay. So it's that time, folks, for... Grishcast News! 
And there's news. I know. We actually have news. <laughs> and not just a little news, peeps. Lots of news. Lots and lots and lots of news. I was excited. So <laughs> things gonna, are happening. Things are. We're going to kind of go in order so that way, because that way it makes all sense. So Lee releases, it was like a couple, maybe a couple, like a week ago or two weeks ago, releases like a passage from the King of Scars 2 um, that you could like, it was two pages um, that just kind of like, I'm not going to say, any, did you read it? <laughs> no. Good. Because I don't want you to. I saw it. And I was like, nope. So I'm not going to comment on it because I don't want you to. But y'all can go see it. Yeah. Those that... <laughs> you guys can find it. Um, then Lee says she's sorry for not responding currently on Twitter. She's trying to make changes that help her keep writing and staying healthy since her new diagnosis. She says her bones have decided to be beep holes. <laughs> assholes okay she promises to keep us updated about the show also gave us a hint um to watch out on um at fierce reads on twitter for like watch out on 7 30 she said tomorrow which the next day was the 30th for grisha verse book news so you know i was there i was uh-huh. ready okay and this news is huge there's a big drop bomb and i like was very excited. So the news is that a collector's edition of Shadow and Bone and the Istori Sanctia Tales of Saints will be re- released on October 6th. Huge. Yeah, the Lives of Saints book. That's good. so cool. It's so amazing. That is, I love it when, I love that she's doing this. Yes. I saw the inside of the book. It's beautiful. It's, it's illustrated beautifully. And it has like mm. this half jacket on the outside that says it in English, The Lies of Saints, as seen on Netflix. Yeah. But then the half jacket comes off and it looks just like the book that the opera gave her. Oh. And it looks just, it's like a replica of the book that's in the show. It's just, it's so cool. And I love. That is going like on a prominent place. And so people will be like, what is that book? Yeah. What is that weird writing? And I, I've almost thought like I'm. So I already ordered. <laughs> I already ordered both these books. <laughs> I need to order the um, one the, the the saints. Yeah, they look really cool. She also gave out um, information that King of Stars two now has a release date that will be coming out March thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Still don't have a title or anything, but that'll be coming soon. And here's why Lee Bardugo is amazing. She's donating ten percent of the fur first week sales of both books to trans justice funding project and mcmillan has agreed to match up to 1k amazing so yeah it's just it's awesome if you want it's actually um a really good article if you want to read it go to fiercereads.com for the whole story it's um it's got her quotes in it talking about this and um kind of a little back history of where she got the idea to do um to write this story sanctia and it's just really cool and amazing to have an author that i love her work and she stands for the things i believe in yes so yes i definitely like went and had to buy that because i mean what a great cause and it was like because she said she's doing it because of the last day of pride oh love her yes she's amazing so um then we got a little bit of sad stuff i think it's sad when um on twitter when she was asked about the release of the netflix show she said unfortunately um 
she lets us know that um, it's going to be a little bit longer of a wait now for the show that COVID has slowed down the post-production and she wants to keep people safe. She asked for us to be patient and she will share more soon. So it's all good, peeps. We got this. A little bit more wait. Yeah, but we never had a date really. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know whether that means it's not coming out this year or whether it just might be put because... Maybe it's just going to be pushed further into this year. Yeah. And I feel like other shows are going to be just kind of done Mm -hmm. because all the things that we want more of, they weren't able to film. So at some point, we're going to run out of stuff to watch. Oh, I know. And then here will come Shadow and Bone. Thank God. (laughs) Is kind of how I want it to happen. Yeah. Like, so there's absolutely, so actually it would bump up the watch too. Like more people would watch it. Because it was like one of the the newer shows coming yeah. out when nothing else is coming out. Yeah, because you got to think, I mean, pretty much filming for anything stopped in March. And it hasn't opened yet. Right. LA is actually shutting back down. So there's going to be like, <laughs> next year we're going to feel that. When things are probably like finally yep. back to normal, we're going to have nothing, nothing to, to watch. watch. <laughs> we're going to be like, oh my God. I'm so tired of watching Mad Men over and over again. <laughs> I'll just have to keep watching the Step Brothers movie just like on repeat. <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Bless us. Praise be. <laughs> so, um, anyways, we are very happy to be back, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for letting us have just a small itty-bitty little break. You know, I mean, I... um. It's a lot of work to do this thing, but it's it's yeah. amazing because it's so much fun. It is. It's so fun. But there is a lot of work involved with this. Yes. But um, so we just wanted to take a small little break. I mean, just because, I mean, we do have crazy lives already with <laughs> all our kids running around and trying to. Oy, oy. So anyways, next week, we are going to do the same thing. Um, We're going to just read two chapters. We're going to read three and four. And I'm not we're not going to continue doing that. We're just kind of looking at the page count. And we're trying to make it where we have time to share, just kind of like right. we did in the beginning, because or we don't have to rush through the synopses. Exactly, where it's because I mean I know that a while back, thank you guys for hanging in there. I'm sure some <laughs> of those episodes that were like felt like three hours, and we're just sitting there reading, just like oh my god, we got to get through all these <laughs> chapters and scenes, and oi. yeah. But so we slowed it down, so that way you know what we can enjoy we enjoy it, but also we can talk about. Some of the things that we want to talk about. It's a little more chill and informal. Exactly. Yeah. Because. Just some friends. It's important that we use our platform. Since other people are, we will. (laughs) (laughs) We got this. Exactly. So anyways, um, we will see you all next week. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, YouTube at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast. Special thanks to Oliver Dodd for the use of Summoner's Way.